You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Claire's upcoming season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everyone? Welcome to podcast number 196. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Fun show for you this week as Entertainment Weekly's Kristen Baldwin joins me for her pretty much yearly appearance. We'll get to her momentarily. Not a ton of stuff to talk about in Bachelorette world. I've been hinting at a couple things. I'm starting to finalize some things that I'm hearing, who's left. Um, One thing that I can tell you is friends and family of some of the guys that are left on Tasha's season are in La Quinta right now and were quarantined before they were brought on the show. But you'll hear Kristen and I talk a lot about the actual quarantining aspect of the show because I think what's getting lost to a lot of people, and I see it in your emails to me and your comments on Twitter is that you just don't understand how this show is even being filmed, how it doesn't seem like these people are quarantining for enough time. And I guess it would all depend on where you're from. If you're in a state that has literally been shut down for the last five months and you still can't even eat in a restaurant. Yeah. You probably don't understand how quarantining can only last five days, but unfortunately just because your state um, is taking a precaution, maybe you know a state like New York, where if you come into New York and from a certain state, you have to quarantine for 14 days. Um, it, it's just not like that everywhere, un- unfortunately, probably. But you also have to know that this show isn't going to put a bunch of positive COVID contestants or people on this show. If someone tests positive, they're never getting anywhere close to coming on the show. And clearly, if anybody is positive, they're not going to be on the show. So... I think you just have to understand that the way the show is doing it, they are taking all precautions necessary. My guess is they're looking more at three negative tests before someone is allowed on versus X amount of days in complete isolation from everybody else. Now, that may not be the way your state does it, but that's the way they're doing it on the show. It just has to become accepted. And look it, we're five weeks into filming. They're almost done filming The Bachelorette which is something that at the very beginning of the season, a lot of us questioned. I even said it like, hey, they're definitely going to start filming. I just don't know if they're going to end it. And it looks like they're going to end filming because they're only about seven days, seven to nine to ten days out for filming ending on Tasha's season. So they've made it this far, and clearly nobody there that's positive has been allowed to walk around the set or kiss anybody or be a part of it. So... I mentioned this before the thing even started. Like, this might be a good thing for television in general that, hey, look, it can be done. Now, granted, reality shows are a lot different than scripted shows because reality shows, you can film the whole thing in a quote-unquote bubble and make sure that anybody that comes in, which most recently is family and friends of contestants on Tasha's season, those people that are coming in, Definitely have to quarantine, are definitely tested, and then assuming they're negative, they let them on. And I'm sure I'm assuming it's more than one negative uh, COVID test. And yes, I understand that. Well, COVID can possibly show up in your body 
five to 14 days? Why are they letting them on within seven? I, I can't answer your question. Ask the show. I think the show will address it at some point of the safety measures that they took. But Kristen and I talk about it. We talk about the Chris Harrison and JoJo thing because Chris definitely didn't quarantine for more than five days after he came back from moving his son into TCU in Fort Worth, Texas last week. But to sit here and complain, I I, I don't know what to tell you. If you're going to complain about quarantine or whatever, then just don't watch the show if you're that bothered by it. I would just say don't watch the show um, or wait till they address it. But if the end result is nobody is passing it on to anybody else and everybody there doesn't have COVID, I think that's what we're at. I think that's what they were after. And if they got it, they got it. So I'm not going to sit here and bang the drum on why isn't everyone waiting 14 days until they can appear on that show. That was just never an option. It was never going to happen. I understand that it is that way for some states, but they're not doing it for that show. I think they're, I think they're focusing more on at least three negative tests before you're allowed in. So that's that. Um, like I said, there's a lot of other stuff to go over um, that Chris and I go over for about the first 30 minutes of the podcast. We go over a few things in regards to the Bachelorette season and how different it is and how weird it is. We talk about ratings and stuff like that, and then we get to uh, some other stuff. We talk about scripted shows that have nothing to do with The Bachelor because she's a TV critic for Entertainment Weekly, and um, I wanted to get her take on some of the things, reality show-wise and scripted show-wise, going on in TV right now. Uh, and there's a couple that I was really uh, interested in. But um, So that's where we're at on Bachelorette Filming. We're only about 7 to 10 days away, and then I think the show's probably going to premiere in mid-September. We found out this week, it's been made official, that Dancing with the Stars begins Monday, September 14th. My guess is that Bachelorette is starting the next night, on the 15th. Latest, 22nd. The following Tuesday. But if I had to guess right now, I'm saying Bachelorette starts September 15th. That's actually the date that I heard because Nick's Nick Vile season of uh, Nick Vile's goat episode is on August 31st that Monday. And then Juan Pablo's is on the 7th. I would think the next week would Bachelorette would start because Juan Pablo's is going to have a lot of Claire stuff on it, which is going to lead into Claire season. That's why. I think it's the 15th because Juan Pablo's goat episode is airing Monday, September 7th. Makes that makes sense to the next say at the end of that episode. Here was, you know, you watched Claire's journey. Now next week, tune in as the bachelorette begins and we get to see Claire's journey, which would be on, but that show is on Tuesdays. It, it would really kind of be weird if Juan Pablo's goat episode is on the seventh. And then all of a sudden they say, Oh yeah, in two weeks, is it possible? Sure. But with Dancing with the Stars now officially premiering Monday the 14th, makes sense that The Bachelorette would premiere the next night. But nothing's official yet. They haven't made an announcement. That's just my prediction of when we're going to get that to air. So without any further ado, let's get started. Podcast number 196. All right, let's bring her in. Uh, you know her from Entertainment Weekly. She's a TV critic for Entertainment Weekly. She's been a podcast guest at least two or three times last time we had her on was september 5th of last year so we're coming up on a year since we last had you on although it seems like 10 years with covid <laughs> Kristen baldwin Kristen, how are you good good i like doing our yearly chats uh, i think it's a it's a good milestone and would you say this is about as interesting times as we could possibly come up with especially 
not even just the times we're living in with with COVID and all that, just the fact that we have just a bizarre bachelorette season going on right now that is kind of well, it is unheard of. And, and I mean, isn't it? Isn't it incredible that what we thought would be kind of like the most boring <laughs> season of The Bachelorette may now be like perhaps as they say the most yeah. dramatic season ever. I know. It's uh it's certainly drawing the interest and I guess they're playing it correctly if you're bachelor PR because they're not addressing anything. They're not talking yep. about anything. And they're just letting every media outlet run with whatever story they have and they're just sitting back saying everyone's going to tune into this to see what really is going on. Now, granted, I plan to have the answers before they start, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, right now, in talking about the show, I mean, I've given my take on what's going on and reported some things. Right. But what's your take on everything Bachelorette? What you heard has happened um, in the time of a pandemic where very few shows have even restarted filming. This one is almost done filming. Yeah. Uh, if if something like this can maybe even help matters in the TV world. Well, you know, I do think that uh, the whether it's the NBA or the Bachelorette or Tyler Perry's, you know, bubble down in Atlanta, this sort of bubble format is the only thing that seems to really be working right now with television production. Um, in that, you know, if you get everybody in one place, get them quarantined, get them tested, and then nobody goes in or out. You know, it seems it seems to be working, Knockwood. And I do think uh, that it's easier to do that with something like reality, certainly. You know, Big Brother is another example. And, you know, with the NBA, I guess, because of the Disney-ABC connection, they were able to just have them live in Disney World or whatever it is. Um, I think it's going to be a lot harder with scripted shows. Can you imagine the cast of This Is Us agreeing to, like, relocate to the you know, universal lot for 10 weeks. Like, I don't think so. They wouldn't do it. But uh, reality stars uh, are probably a little, uh, a little more amenable to that type of, uh, you know, intensive. And I'm, you know, I really honestly did not think this season of The Bachelor would happen. And I am both like slightly horrified and yet very th uh, thrilled that it's going to. Whatever it turns out to be. Yeah, because it, it seems like, I mean, as far as we know, everyone that's still on the show or participated in the show this season did not have the virus. Or else right. I mean, really, I feel like we... Really stupid yeah. if they did and they were just I, allowed to I, walk I feel like we would have known yeah. by this point if somebody had, because it would have been like highly unethical, you know, not to stop production. Um, and so, you know, I still, I've been... I. I've read all your all your columns and I'm still like, I'm having a hard time figuring out like how many men were there and then weren't there. And did any come back for Tasha and all yeah. that? But like, it seems like whatever they did and with, you know, Chris Harrison having to leave to, I mean, I, I I'm upset that he took his child to like COVID central Texas to go to school. Like, I feel like maybe he could just do the semester at home, but again, you know, people got to do what they got to do. But then he came back and I guess he quarantined and everybody's fine. So it seems to be working. Where are they getting their hands on all the tests and how much is that costing? That's a great question that I would love to know. But yeah, that's the one thing that I'm surprised they're not addressing. And maybe they'll address it once this is all over and yeah. preseason interviews start. I mean, you're going to probably get 
you know, Entertainment Weekly would probably get an interview with Chris or maybe even right. Rob Mills or production. I'm maybe I'm guessing they got to address it at that point. Like, look, these were our protocols that right. we did, but it is kind of weird because we actually have. Look, these days of quarantining for 14 days that I know some states are doing, like New York, like if you travel right. to New York from California or Texas or Florida, you cannot leave. You basically have to quarantine for 14 days. Clearly, that's not right. happening in California because even just last week, we have visual evidence of Chris Harrison last Tuesday at TCU's campus, Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, right, with his son in his dorm room, and then this past Monday... Entertainment Tonight post pictures of Chris outside in La Quinta with Claire in a red dress, which means those pictures came from the day before. So let's just say Chris took a night flight. That, that day that he took his picture with his son, he flew back to California that night. He probably didn't. Mm-hmm. Probably flew back the next day. But if if he flew back that night, he's back in La Quinta Tuesday night, and on Sunday he's maskless around Claire. So. Right. Clearly, they're not doing even seven days. That's that's a max five days, and I'm guessing it's more like four days because I'm sure he went back right. the next day. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like now, now someone from New York, like yourself, that lives in New York and has basically had their life shut down for the last four or five months, it's probably hard for you to understand something like that because you haven't even been allowed to go to a restaurant and eat inside for five months. So right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do. I, yeah, I am surprised that, you know, I am surprised that he didn't, you know, they said initially he was quarantining and, you know, it was unclear for how long, maybe if they had, you know, if they had tested him every day for five days and he was negative, they were like, okay, we're good to go. Um, which, you know, probably fine. Um, it's just, it is, uh, I think now Los Angeles and California over the last couple, like month or so has definitely seen how bad it can get. And so uh, I don't think people are as cavalier as they were, you know, March, April, that in that, in that period of time in other parts of the country. Um, I am a little surprised, uh, you know, cause it's not like he, he was coming from a state that hasn't had a huge outbreak. Texas is yeah. not great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I, good luck to all of them. And I really hope everyone, you know, is safe, especially his son on the college campus. Cause you know, college kids are notoriously, you know, not super, they're not real responsible when uh, all the time. So I do hope that everyone ends up okay. But yeah, I mean, I guess here's my question then is, do you think Jojo is going to show up at all? Or was all that like, just a red herring. Well, Chris was definitely gone for five days, so she had to have been there for at least one rose ceremony. So one rose ceremony. At least. Okay. At least one. It's possible, too, because if Chris posted the picture That's with true. his son okay. on Tuesday, he probably left Monday. So, yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, it's definitely one, probably two, um, but this, this story that Us Weekly had about Chris Harrison came back and all of a sudden had a quarantine for 14 days... And he was upset and pissed off and had no idea yeah. like that. There's nothing to that story. That just, yeah, that, there was a lot. That of, makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of sort of and the, you know, the headlines that were basically essentially saying that he was being replaced. Yeah. You know, the, like, click, the clickbait like, headlines. Yeah. The, yeah. Which is like, first of all, don't. But as you know, I mean, I, I put this in my own post. Um, you know, this is the first time in 11 years. That's he, he's missed the show. Yeah. And he only missed that show one show. Do you remember one episode? 
I didn't uh, until Jilly- you posted it when the Jillian in- season. Jillian season, he wasn't there in Spain when she sent Wes home. And I am still traumatized by it. It's very disconcerting not to have, you know, ladies, or in this case, gentlemen, Jillian, final rose tonight when you're ready. Like, I mean, you need that as a viewer. And so it was, it, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird, Steve. Did he ever say why? Do we know why he missed that episode? I remember asking him once. I think it was just, it was some travel thing. He wasn't able to get there for that, you know, I think he had some conflict for that one, uh, you know, leg of the uh, Bachelorette global travels. So he just missed that one, uh, that one episode. Yeah, it seems that, look. Chris always knew when his son had to go to college. It, it would have been, right. that story would have made more sense if he was like he woke up one morning and Lakeinton is like, "Oh shit, that's right, I got to get to Texas because my son's yeah. checking into college." Like, it makes way more sense that he knew it was pre-planned. Yeah, the JoJo thing was a little surprising. I thought maybe they would have gone with a Ben Higgins. Not saying that JoJo can't host the show because it's not like you have to do much as a host of the show. But I, I it was kind of different uh that jojo got that call uh, as opposed yeah. to someone like a, a ben higgins or a sean lowe but you know whatever i mean that was their choice i think one thing that you brought up earlier about the testing like look if chris was gone for five days maybe he tested every day that he was in or not gone for five days but um, yeah off the, the, the off, off the la quinta grid where he was doing anything on set <laughs> for five days you know i my my guess is Based on what I have seen and what I have heard, I think they're going with a five to seven day quarantine with testing every other day. So, yeah. So Chris gets back on Wednesday, tests, it's negative. Test Friday again, it's negative. Test Sunday again, it's negative. And they're going with, hey, you get three negative tests, you're fine in our bubble. Right. Because that's what the NBA is doing. There's a guy who arrived back in the NBA bubble after watching his uh, wife give birth. And he arrived back in the NBA bubble, and four days later, he was allowed to participate. And NBA is being about as yeah. strict as any organization, and they're getting zero positive tests. So, and by the way, they also developed, helped develop, or fund a test—the saliva uh, test. Yeah, the saliva test. And you know, don't forget ABC. You know, Rob Mills, bless him, is also you know he's head of alternative, but he's also kind of involved in what's happening with NBA and stuff like that. So, like. It's entirely possible that they could have taken a protocol that is similar to whatever the NBA is doing, and that's obviously working. So, um, knock wood again. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, whatever they're doing, I'm sure is very expensive, but it also seems to be very extensive in that, you know, everybody seems to be safe. And that's great. I mean, it is going to be weird watching people meet each other and like then start making out and yeah. getting all touchy. Cause right now we're all a little, you know, that gives us all the, the heebie jeebies, but um, it, it, I guess it's a, a nice, uh, a nice sort of hopeful aspirational thing that someday reality TV stars will be able to make out again without quarantining. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think, I think at this point, like, we're at a time right now where, you know, hopefully this goes through. Like, that was my biggest thing. I always knew they were going to start filming. It was just a matter of if yeah, they were, yeah. were going to end it. And it looks like uh, they're going to. I think filming ends next week. So we are at a point where this is one of the first few shows that's going to be back on the air in something that filmed in advance. Dancing with the Stars clearly is is live starting September right. 14th. 
which means uh-huh. that ABC hasn't officially announced the start date for Claire's season, but I think it's the 15th. I think it's the night after Dancing with the Stars premieres. It doesn't make sense to premiere it a week after. I guess the 22nd is a possibility, but the 29th is definitely too late. It's either going to be the right. 15th or the 22nd, and I heard 15th, but I guess things can change. I will say, like what I mentioned earlier, I do hope that either Chris or Rob Mills does an interview with you know whoever, you guys or people, yeah. or Hollywood Reporter, Variety, whatever, and, and explains their protocols during this because a lot of people do have questions and are still a little confused on every, you know, when the Chris Harrison story broke, and they brought JoJo in. I was like, what? Doesn't JoJo live in Texas? How did, didn't she yeah, have to like, quarantine? Like, <laughs> exactly. So that's the other thing. Like, Chris didn't wake up one morning and say, guys, I got to leave. I'm on a plane tomorrow night. See ya. And then they're like, Although oh, crap. I will, I will say, though, that it's possible, and I don't know this, but it's possible that maybe there was some um, back and forth with his son's school. We don't know. They could have been postponing the date or sort of not officially announcing yes we're doing in person or we're going all virtual you know it's possible that that information could have been in limbo and so Kristen you know Chris thought it was possible that you know his son would be you know doing virtual learning for the first six months of his semester and would be living at home and then that changed but I I think more than likely you're right in that like this was planned ahead so perhaps they were able to I don't know get Jojo to La Quinta early and they had to, you have. know, yeah, yeah. There's no other way, or else then she walks right. on set and becomes then then they would be breaking Patient their own protocol. Yeah, <laughs> she'd be breaking. The, they'd be breaking um, their yeah. own protocol. So I'm sure she was there days before, just like whatever happened with you know with well, we Tasha. know what happened with with Tasha. She was there before. She had to be there at least four to five days before they allowed her. Because one thing yeah. that we do know, and one thing I can confirm, filming never stopped. So it's not like yeah. Claire made her decision, decision, and they were like, "Oh crap, we need to call somebody. Who's the closest one? Tasha's in Southern California. Let's get her." But if we right. get her here, we have to stop for four or five days, and that's not what happened. So they saw something happening with Claire and and Dale. I, I don't think that's a spoiler anymore at this point. And they no. they got Tasha on the horn. Now maybe when they got Tasha on the horn, it was like, "Look, we need to bring you here." There's a good possibility you could be the Bachelorette, but we don't know yet, but we need something in place. And then that's exactly what happened. I don't that we don't know yet because clearly she was there quarantining before Claire ended her stay as Bachelorette. So, well, you know who also I would love to hear from once they actually start talking about this is uh, Carrie Fetman, who does wardrobe, because can you you know, he he outfits the Bachelor or Bachelorette head to toe for every single scene that he or she is in. Yep. And so d- did he have to leave, go do a bunch of shopping and then come back and quarantine and then, you know, uh, disinfect all the clothes? Like there's so many questions. I have so many questions. Yeah. I, it's a, I never even thought of that. Um, Cause otherwise, what is she dressed in, you know, stuff that you can buy at the La Quinta pro shop? Like I really doubt it. And I hope not. Or maybe she had Claire's wardrobe. Are they, I mean, thinking of the two of them in my head right now. I mean, who knows? I, I, are they, I have to, no idea. To me, off the, the top of my height. head, but yeah, bo- similar bodies, if I'm not mistaken, off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, it's possible they could have just altered Claire's wardrobe, but I would feel kind of bad for Tasha because, I mean, you know, these wardrobes, like he really works. Carrie is, you know, he really works with the bachelor and bachelorette to come up with something that 
is their style, but obviously is glamorous and, you know, looks good and is fashion forward and all that. And I don't know. I mean, Tasha and Claire seem like people who, I mean, they both obviously are beautiful women, but they probably have different tastes, you know? Um, so I would feel kind of bad for Tasha if she had to kind of just get Claire's hand-me-downs. But on the other hand, you know, she probably, you know, is so thrilled to be the bachelorette that, you know, maybe she's not going to quibble. Yeah. The the one thing that's interesting that has just recently that I've just recently found out about is like, you know, we've talked about this bubble. And like you mentioned earlier, the bubble seems to work, whether it's in sports or reality television with bachelorette. And we know it's working with big brother right now is the fact that they are bringing in family and friends into the bubble, but they are quarantining them again, though. It's certainly not 14 days uh, because they'd right. be like, yeah, then you bring in families when you still had, I mean, a 14-day period in this show is literally three and a half to four rose ceremonies. Like, right. why? how could you bring in people that early? Um, I do know that family and friends are being brought in and they are being quarantined. So, again, that brings up the issue of it, it's really looking like their max quarantine day is about five. And probably during yeah. those five days, you're getting tested every other day which is three negative tests. And if any of those people do happen to test positive, they're not getting on set and they have to be right, separate right. from anyone else. So it, it's certainly, look, they are getting so much publicity out of this. And it's, you know, when I first heard about the Tasha thing, I was like, oh, this is just going to be like Caitlin and Britt. Like they're, once right. Caitlin was established after the first night, they'll just say, hey. But then I realized, you know what? If they say that, then they have to address why Claire is no longer the Bachelorette, a girl that they pumped up for the last three months. We saw commercials during Listen to Your Heart. We saw commercials during the GOAT episode saying, apply to be on Claire Crawley's season. Oh, yeah. And then if you all of a sudden say, oh, Tace is our next Bachelorette and make some sort of announcement, they're going to they're gonna want to know why. I guess they could have just said, well, you're going to have to tune in in September to find out. But that seems like kind of a big deal. So maybe that's why they haven't addressed the Tasha situation I don't know. Well, right. And I do think they'll do, I mean, they've started to do this in the last several years and a lot of it is, you know, you'll have a spoiler or something that everyone knows. And I think this happened around the time with um, Jed in that everyone knew, you know, he had a girlfriend and all that. They start incorporating hints of that stuff into the narrative, but also into the promos. Like you've heard the rumors now, you know, find the truth and you'll see the truth on tonight's episode. So I do think they could do something similar with, with this, you know, like you, you know, whatever you've heard the rumors, you've, you know, you've seen the, you've seen the stories, you've clicked the headlines, but now, you know, it all, all answers will be given um, in a way to just, you know, acknowledge that this is not really a secret, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but how it unfolds is obviously still a secret. Yeah. That's the big thing is how it all unfolded. How did Claire come to this conclusion? How did Dale go along with it? Production seemingly obviously had to sign off on it and allow it, if not encourage it. It is. Yeah. It is. It is different. This is going to be a different season. Yeah. Um, and this was like the- it makes more sense to me now that production was like, you know what? Instead of fighting Claire on this, because plenty of other leads would have loved to have canceled their season after the fourth rose ceremony, and just been like, look, do I have to fake date these people? I already know who I want. And why did they all have to go through with their contract and Claire didn't? I think that's going to be a question that 
people are going to have. Um, I know I have it. But well, maybe- I do. I, when you look at that, and you know what's different, what's different is COVID. Yeah. You know, and and so that I think you're right in that that is why. You know, they they already knew like this is going to be a hard season to make exciting. And, you know, whether it was one person or it was a group epiphany or whatever who realized like, hey, we can, you know, try to, you know, steer this in the direction of a typical season or we could just blow everything up because that looks like where it's going. You know, it's better that they blew everything up, especially a show like this, you know, has it's you know, it's got its structure, it's got its formula. They haven't really been forced to change it or adapt it in any in any way beyond these sort of like, you know, shocking finales where somebody changes their mind or there's a Colton fence jumping situation. But the actual narrative of the, the season itself yeah. hasn't, they haven't really had to change that. And now, you know, this was sort of a necessity as the mother of invention type of uh, situation, I think. Yeah, and it's they were set for a season that was going to have no travel and yeah. you know <laughs> like what are the dates even Steve is it yeah. going to be like today we're going to the pool. <laughs> you know, today we're going to the tennis courts. Like I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's all stuff locally. It's all stuff not even locally. I mean all stuff yeah, they can't at the leave resort. Them. Yeah. You know, like I reported one there is a the Ridge of Dodgeball date which is reminiscent all right, of sure. Desiree season that had one. Um so I mean it's Look, I, it's funny because you get in past seasons and you talk about some of the travel they've done in the past seasons, and people are just like, "Oh, I, lo-, you know, why do you watch the show? Oh, I love the travel. I love the places that they yeah. go to and stuff like that." And well, except the U.S. travel because when they go to places like Virginia <laughs> and Cleveland, Cleveland. And Pennsylvania, people are just like, "Wait, what? Why are they going there?" And uh, this season was supposed to be Chattanooga before they headed overseas. It was supposed to be. Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then they were going to Iceland and Rome and Croatia this season. So, yeah, nice. is that going to ch- is, is are people going to be like, well, I'm not going to watch The Bachelorette anymore because it's just going to be in one location? I, I really don't think when you really break it down, location of where they travel to any season is really a precursor to whether or not somebody will watch the show. I don't. Buy oh, for that. sure. No, it's I mean, more about it's the cast and the drama and the day. yeah, and it's a nice, you know. It's, a it's always nice. Like it's a nice backdrop and it's like, Oh, that's pretty. Or you like to watch when they, you know, have to try to like interact with other cultures and they're all clueless or whatever. But, uh, no, it's not. And I really don't think it's the reason anybody watches the show. And so, uh, and I think, you know, conversely had they had this Tasha, Tasha stuff not happened, people would still be tuning in to see like, well, how are they going to do it in one place? Cause they haven't done that for, you know, essentially, even even season one, you know, they went to like. Yeah, when they got to overnight like they, dates, they, they still got to go somewhere. Are they yeah, three they, different places for the overnight? Yeah, so this is it was all within the U.S., but it was still like travel. So I don't think it's something that people people would want to see how they pulled off the challenge of like keeping them there and making it interesting. But now they'll have all sorts of other things to pay attention to besides what you know the fact that they're not leaving the resort. And I think. From everything that I'm hearing, Matt James is essentially going to get the same thing. It's going to be a one resort place because I seriously. They'll start up in what, like September? End of September, beginning of October. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the world I, travel is not going to be happening at that point. Yeah. I can't imagine five weeks from now, all of a sudden, domestic travel 
within this <laughs> within this show because obviously people still travel domestically right now. Obviously, international right. travel is off the board. But I think five weeks from now, is this show going to be comfortable with putting? Usually, travel starts with about fifteen people left. Are they going to be willing to put fifteen women and cast and crew on a plane and go to a different city? Yeah, and no, nope. it's not happening. No. So Matt's season is going to be. The same as Claire's. Um, I'm hearing where it might be uh, and just waiting to get confirmation on that. But same kind of place. It's just another resort place in the U.S. And, you know, look, it's it's we're not used to this. I think I'm almost glad that Matt season seemingly will put seemingly will put us back on, quote unquote, schedule because right. Claire season we we would be we would be two uh, on a non covid year we would be 2 to 3 weeks into bachelor in paradise episodes right now clear season would exactly. have ended filming or ended airing end of july it started may 18th right. it was set to start may 18th would have ended last monday in july or first monday in august i don't know what 11 weeks out would have been but we'd be in we'd be in bachelor in paradise mode right now and the fact that clear season isn't going to start airing until next month which means Claire's season is going to be airing, and they're going to be filming Matt James' season, which is going to be totally bizarre, at least for me, um, because I'm going yeah. to have to be covering two different things at at one time. But but by Matt's season being filmed in September, they're going to be on normal schedule because it'll film yeah. in September and right before November. And then here we are with our Bachelor premiere on the first Monday of January, and then we're back on schedule with Bachelorette starting to film next March, like it would have for Claire's season. It's just right. a matter of next March – are where we gonna, are we going to be? Where are we going to be with this virus? Yeah, with this virus. Are we going to be able to do a? I, I still think international travel is going to be out next March. I don't think they're going to take a chance. No, who, I agree. Who, who and knows? I mean, but at least domestically, and, maybe they'll go places. And they'll they'll also have the chance, more time to plan. Even if they are in one resort, you know, they could bring in additional you know, people or, you know, like they want to have some awkward concert or something, you know, like they could plan in advance to have outside people come in to quarantine and then do, uh, you know, activities or whatever with them. If they want to have a guest star, you know, or something like that. So they will be able to normalize it a little bit more. Um, But yeah, I think for a while it's going to be like this. And, you know, luckily for ABC and uh, Warner Brothers, uh, both seasons um, have something unique about them in that, you know, Claire has this crazy Tasha drama and then, you know, Matt is the first black bachelor. So both things have uh, unique uh, drawing points besides the fact that uh, to counterbalance the fact that they're going to, you know, be a little more boring from a location standpoint. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see how it all plays out. And like I said, We've said this This is a ratings. I'm curious to see how the ratings were going to be because before the switch up and before the Claire and Detasha Bachelorette thing, I already knew and I was kind of telling people, like, look, don't judge Claire's season based on ratings because I can already tell you right now it's going to draw the least amount of ratings of any previous Bachelorette season because fans of this franchise are programmed to watch things in certain time periods. And mm-hmm. the fact that it was going to air from September to November and it was going to air on Tuesday nights is just, you can't compare it to the last right. it's a, it's eight a, bachelorette it, seasons that all started and ended right around the same time. Starts in May, ends in end of July. Like 
Right. People just aren't ready for that stuff. And you can even look at the numbers for Bachelor in Paradise. Even when Bachelorette ends, Bachelor in Paradise is clearly their third show because it draws the third biggest ratings between Bachelor, Bachelorette, and and Paradise. So basically Claire's first few episodes will be almost, well, actually Bachelor in Paradise airs August and ends in the mid-September. So this is like, yeah, ends, yeah. they've never had Bachelor programming during this time period. So at least in the last eight years, I mean, back in the day, right. they used to, but run at all different times. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's not going to be the highest rated season. It'll probably be the lowest rated Bachelorette season, but not, due to lack of drama. I just think people just aren't used to when to tune in to this show and the fact that it's not on its and it's airing might think it's not a big deal, but airing on a Tuesday nights versus Monday is, is different uh, for this. Yeah, franchise. People are, people are going to be, <laughs> people are going to be thrown off by that. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, it's now going to have to compete with this is us, which it's never had to compete with, you know, this is us. Well, assuming this is us, starts in September or October, but they haven't even gone back to production. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's, I think it's going to be, I'd be surprised if anything, uh, scripted, especially something like that, uh, that isn't owned by Tyler Perry, um, started, you know, before October. And even then I think it's entirely possible, you know, that things just won't be ready by then. Totally agree. And I think that we, you know, we're looking at shows and you mentioned Tyler Perry, you mentioned scripted shows. I want to talk about, I want to get off the bachelor stuff because I figured we covered that enough right now. (laughs) I want to talk about some other shows as being the TV critic of the, for EW is you get a lot of, see a lot of screeners and you get to see Mm -hmm. shows ahead of time and and preview them. Um, But before we get to that, two things, I want to talk about two reality shows. Are you a big brother fan? Oh my God. Yes, Steve. Okay. Okay. So. Again, another show where these people were quarantined. I believe they actually did quarantine these contestants for two weeks before they made the announcement, moved them into the house, and now we're up and running with this craziness of of Big Brother. Um, What have been your thoughts on the early season of Big Brother? You know, I was like, I will tell you, I almost choked up. I was so happy when it came back on the air because I love Big Brother so much. And also just the idea of seeing... Like, a sh- you know, a show that we, everything else has been pushed this summer. You know, Big Brother is such a big part of the summer for me. I love it. And just seeing something new being made in this time yeah. made me happy. You know, sort of like with the SNL when they would do their their episodes from home, even though it's hard to be as funny. Like, I just really appreciated all the, of the effort. The effort, yeah. And the, you know, the creativity and the inventiveness that went into making that show remotely and so with this you know it was a little weird to see everyone wearing masks in the beginning and like you know (laughs) and and julie was you know i'm standing safely 12 feet away from you or whatever um but since it's been since it started it has felt like a season of big brother to me i mean we're what two weeks in and like you know, I definitely have the people that I like. I've always been a Janelle fan. Um, I've always liked Nicole. I feel like Cody's really boring. Memphis. Ugh. But I'm already like getting to the point where I'm like, you know, I have people I like, people I don't like. I'm I'm wondering like, has Danny even spoken a word yet? What's going on? Um, what I do wonder the the competitions so far have been pretty. Like they're not physical in that they're not, you know, nobody's climbing through the muck trying to get, you know, 
some hidden key out of a you know giant bowl of pea soup or whatever i do wonder if they've made the comp- competitions a little more sterile even though everyone's getting tested regularly and things are you know there are protocols in place it, th- there just hasn't been sort of the goofy messiness of the competitions that we usually see and maybe that's coming later i'm just a little worried that what if we don't see otev steve i'm gonna like oh, i'm gonna be upset if we don't see otev yeah well i mean are, are you a are you a super fan of this to where you can go back to what season did you start watching Season one, okay. but I am not a, I'm not a super fan in that I remember things because once the show is over, the season is over, like it all leaves my brain. Yeah. Um, but, you but I've seen every season. Every one of these contestants, you know, every yeah. one of these contestants. If I asked you, do you remember their gameplay and where they finished no. each season? Okay. Yeah. But you know who's decent. Okay. See, cause I only watched last season. That was my first, that was my first time. And now you know, dating someone from last season, I've clearly gotten a, a an, an update on <laughs> an education, an yeah. education on how the show works. And I'm, right. I'm totally into it. I I'm following it now. And, you know, the first couple days of this season, I was looking at the live feeds and I was just like, look, I cannot do, it. I'd be on this all day long. I can't do this. Yeah, no, I, I have never done the live feeds for the exact same reason. The, the one thing about this season that I, I do kind of like even though I don't know these people and their past gameplay, I know the names and kind of things that Kat has, you know, filled me in on, but <laughs> I, I don't know enough about their, their gameplay. So to me, it's just outside of David and Nicole A, it's, it's 14 other people that are just like, right. okay, I know just these new to people to you, new people yeah. to me. But I do, I do appreciate the fact that the, there hasn't been any COVID. The stuff that you talked about was COVID kind of behind the scenes that they're not making right. some challenges. But there hasn't been any openly COVID stuff outside of, you know, when they started with the mask and then when they, you know, when um, when Keisha got eliminated last week, she had to wear a mask outside of the house to talk to Julie. But other than that, there hasn't been this, you know, we've had COVID shoved yeah. down our throat for five months. We don't. No, you're right. It is COVID nice talk. that and they're not, you know, I do believe if it may come up at some point, if it, it seems relevant to the story, like if somebody, God forbid, has lost a relative or something like that, and they bring it up and it, you know, it's an emotional moment that they show. Um, but otherwise it is nice. I agree with you. It's really nice to just see them, you know, shooting the breeze about just anything else and just like focused on gameplay. And these are people who don't have to worry about COVID essentially right now. And that's, that's refreshing and really kind of, uh, uh, soothing <laughs> to watch in a way. Yeah. Um, so, and, and in terms of how the game is being played, I haven't really noticed any, any differences. Um, I do think, I think it's noted, notice, uh, notable that at least twice they've showed us, uh, conversations, um, about race yes. and about, you know, because one thing that Big Brother has been consistently terrible at is uh casting people who then on uh reveal themselves usually on the live feeds to have some truly offensive ideas and opinions and uh then you know then they have to sort of deal with it after the fact it's not usually addressed on the show it's very it 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 gets very ugly um so I do wonder it seems like they're maybe a little more hyper aware of that this season um and we'll be, you know, kind of monitoring because there are two audiences. There are the people who watch it just on the show and then the people who watch the show and the live feed and like talk all about the drama on the live feed. And that stuff takes up a lot, 
takes on a life of its own, as you know, you can imagine with, uh, with bachelorettes and bachelor stuff. So, you know, people get all worked up about like, so-and-so said this on the live feed and it becomes news. And then it's frustrating when the show doesn't actually address it. Yeah. The only thing that COVID has come up in, and this was on live feeds that made it to the, uh, the Twitter accounts was Cody didn't really uh, grasp COVID. Um, (laughs) God, why am I not surprised? He made a comment about, Oh, what am I going to get? Please this? tell me he didn't say it was a hoax. No, but he said, well, oh, they said, well, what? If, somebody said to him, what if you get it? And he's like, oh, what do you mean? What if I get the sniffles? You know, then it was just like, all right. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. So there is someone, but it was never shown. That was on the live feeds that made it to the to the uh, Twitter account for the updates. Right. Glad it was probably not shown that we don't need a discussion. We don't need on. that kind of. Yeah. We don't need more, you know, misinformation and ill-informed people bloviating about, uh, you know, a virus that's killing, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Um, but it is really nice to to watch. It's it's an escape for sure. The other show I wanted to bring up was something we mentioned earlier that starts Monday the fourteenth was Dance with the Stars and. Obviously undergoing major changes. They kept all their judges, but the elimination of Tom and Aaron. Aaron, look, she does a great job. She's overworked with NFL on Sundays than having to be at the ballroom on Mondays. But they've gone through four or five women on that show as as co-hosts, so it's not as big of a deal. Letting Tom Bergeron go in favor of Tyra Banks, I guess we won't know how it – is until it plays out. Tyra is not as good of a television host as Tom Bergeron is any day of the week. I don't care right. what anyone says. Tom's a not saying Tyra isn't good, but she's not. She hasn't been around as long as Tom. It's he's just different. As as Tom. You it's know, different. he's like he's old school, like you know, classic uh, type of host, like a Regis Philbin. Whereas um, you know, she definitely has her niche, and I like her a lot. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, and I, we don't know who she's going to be paired with, if anyone. Right? Who? No, we don't know, I'm saying. Like, we don't know who it is. Oh, Tyra? If they're even giving her a co-host? Yeah, don't you think they're going to give her... You would think they would have announced that by now if they had one, right? I I mean, she can't just be there by herself, right? I I guess I've just been assuming that it's going to be some big surprise or... I guess Because otherwise it's like, it's just going to be her. Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it will be her. But then, like, don't they need two people... Like somebody to be in the whatever the interview, the interview room, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the thing about this show is like, you know, it's a very upbeat, it's a very positive show, but this looks to be. I mean, I'm guessing this show is now going to be filmed in front of no audience, and I just, I don't understand. Is the excitement they... level of this show going to be nearly what it is with zero audience members, and they're just maybe they'll maybe they'll pipe in audience noise like they're doing with baseball? But I guess I don't. What I don't understand is. I mean, are the contestants and the pros, they're not bubbling, right? They're going to be like at home and then going in and re- and rehearsing and then going home and then coming back in. Like, I just don't understand how you keep – that just makes me – that get, uh, that makes me anxious, <laughs> you know, well, to think about um, even if they're testing people constantly, like just to think of all the people, all the exposure, I guess they're going to tell them because usually on after after shows on Monday nights, there's always a group party at you know at a at a, uh, 
at a restaurant where they all go out. Clearly, that's not going to happen anymore. It's just going to be practice and go back. You know, they they house all these people in the same area at that at that apartment complex by the Grove. They don't just go because someone like you know grocery store Joe when he was on the show, like he was in Chicago. He didn't fly back to Chicago after every Monday episode. He stayed at, right. But they house like, you there, it, but maybe they're just going to tell these people don't Los go anywhere. Angeles, if you live in Los Angeles or in the surrounding area, and you and the pros certainly aren't housed in a dorm or something, are they? Well, did you see what did you see what came out yesterday about the pros? No. There's well, they announced who the pros are this season. It's pretty much yeah. a, a lot of the crop that we had. they they added. I think two people from the troupe uh, this year, but we have three married couples in the pros oh. this season, and they've told those married couples you have to separate for the filming duration of the filming of the show. Those people are not going home to each other. Like Sharna is married to Sasha. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. no um. Who's married to Sasha? Um, I can't keep it straight. Yeah. The one that's married to Sasha, they're telling them, like, married couples, you're not, you can't see each other for three months. You can't live together. So. The idea being because then they would cross contaminate? I or I, They just don't want them going home separately. They have to go home to them, to themselves and just go home and stay in their own little place, uh, probably putting them up at the, at the Grove area. So. Yeah, huh. it's it's uh yeah that and there's three married couples so that's all three all are not allowed to um to go home to each other until I don't know if it means until the whole show is over or if one of them's eliminated can now I go back and see my spouse I don't yeah, know that, that seems odd but yeah. I mean presumably there is a a method to that that madness but yeah it is going to be strange to imagine that show without an audience because so much of it is, you know, live and the hoopla and the panned, yeah. you know, panning the, uh, the, the ballroom and the disco ball and all of that. It's basically, so, we're just going to be watching their rehearsals. It's what it's, what it's yeah. going to be. I mean, granted, they'll be all dressed up in full makeup and gear and glitter and all that, but yeah, it's just going to be a different, just like everything else has been different. Baseball's been different. Basketball has been different. Whether you pipe in crowd noise or not, it's just not the same uh, without yeah. – it shows you how much audiences have matter in the world of sports and in just in the world of television and certainly shows like this. Um, there, are, there, I think – I ahead. mean, I guess I would say – I just – I would say that, you know, I'm not a huge uh, Dancing with the Stars fan, so – but if I were, I think I would be so happy to just to see a new season that, you know, I – deal with even if it's not as special or as exciting i would still be happy to see it just like with the bachelorette you know this is even if all this other stuff hadn't happened and it was just clear you know for nine weeks in la quinta even if it seemed a little more boring i would still be thrilled for new for a new season you know in this year where we've lost you know so much and things have been postponed like anything new feels like you know, an extra special gift. So, you know, people will probably, it'll definitely probably take a hit in the ratings, like you were saying uh, about Bachelorette in terms of dancing. But I think a lot of people will still be thrilled to have it back, some semblance of normal. Well, you talk about something new. There's three shows that I want to hit you with that I want you to talk about. If you know any, I definitely, there's two of them you definitely know about, but there's one that I I don't know. And one of them is this, it, it premieres next week. Um, actually, what's the date today? The 19th. So actually it premieres this weekend on Freeform. This love in the time of Corona. Have mm-hmm. you seen the trailer for this or the te- the screener for this? I have. And it looks, uh, it, it looks 
cheap. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it. Um, it. You know, I think it's definitely like ambitious. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they try to make a, a scripted narrative. It definitely, um, you know, at a time, you know, it was obviously shot during the time of, of uh, Corona. It just seems kind of to me like a, almost like something like a Hallmark movie, you know, like those movies you can tell are shot in seven days, you know, uh, on some set in, you know, Vancouver or whatever. Like, but again, I am quite, you know, I, I applaud them for, for making this happen. And, you know, I don't know. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't look like my cup of tea, but I also think the more that these productions can, uh, you know, try things and get them done safely, the better they'll all be, you know, because people can, can learn from that. And, you know, again, free form owned by Disney, like it's all coming back to the, you know, there's, there's uh, definitely a commonality to like, you know, they're all under that umbrella. And so perhaps they're all getting the similar sort of protocol and, and safety, you know, precautions that we're seeing with MBA and seeing with bachelorette. So God bless. It's not not you know my cup of tea, but and it's and it's it's a scripted show about people dating, looking for yeah love. I think it's one of those connection yeah. in, in the in the time of Corona, where there's social distancing, but they're also so. I do think you know it's going to be like little interconnected stories. You know, uh, maybe people living in the same building. I don't know, um, but. You know, it's got a decent cast. Leslie Odom Jr., Bel- Gil Bellows. Do you remember him from Ally McBeal? Yes. Um, he's in it. You know, so I I don't want to, you know, sound too snobby, but I also just think, like, you know, good for them. I hope, I hope you know, I hope people enjoy it. It just doesn't look like uh, something I would watch. Here, here's something that comes uh, to us this weekend that I'm definitely going to tune into for the sole reason that I was a huge Smallville fan. I watched every episode <gasps> oh, of Smallville. I know what you're going to say, Steve. So I'm so interested because I, I don't know how many people are familiar with Allison Mack, who played Clark Kent's female friend on Smallville for nine years on the WB. I think it was nine seasons. Off camera, she got involved in essentially a cult, which was called... Oh, it's a cult. Yeah, it, <laughs> uh, which was called Nexum. Nexium, right, is how it pronounced. Ne- Nexium, like Nexium. the uh, heartburn medication. Yeah, Nexium, but it was N X I V M. It was there. Mm-hmm. Was the thing. Anyway, there's a documentary on Nexium that comes on HBO this Sunday night. You reviewed it. You saw it. You wrote your recap of it today. And yeah, I just posted it, my review. Yeah, and I got even more fired up when I read it. So. Without giving too much away, um, explain exactly how this was done. Because this isn't a, from what I gather from what you wrote, this isn't a, hey, we're going to talk to you about Nexium in, in, and how it worked in 2020 and just get some people who may have been in it and got out of it or whatever. This is yeah. actual footage from inside this cult? Yeah, it's really incredible. So, um, you know, ESP Nexium was founded by this guy named Keith Ranieri. Um, and in like the late, or late 90s. And, uh, essentially this, this series, The Vow, um, is a nine part docuseries and it focuses on a group of people who were in it 
and who left, including uh, there's a filmmaker named Mark Basenti. There's an actress uh, named Sarah Edmondson. There's another actress who was in the Star Wars films, um, uh, Bonnie P.S. Peace P.S. I don't know how to say her name. She would play Aunt Beru. Anyway, she um, all of these people are people who were in it, and then for one reason or, or another left. And so this the series is a documentary that includes you know sort of interviews with them as they are today, talking about you know what happened and how they got in and why they liked it. But Mark Vicente is a filmmaker, and when he joined in like two thousand four, two thousand five. Uh, Keith, the, the head guy who had everybody call him Vanguard, um, they decided to have him document Vanguard and document Nexium and just start filming everything. So there is tons of footage of workshops, of, you know, casual conversations, of their like parties, of, you know, audio conversations, of, you know, phone calls because they would record all their phone calls. So you really see. This man, this, you know, guru in action, you see his, his minions in action. You see Allison Mack, who joined the group. She didn't participate in this documentary, which, you know, for reasons that will become obvious, but you see, you see footage of her giving, uh, giving tutorials, giving in, in promotional videos. You see her first meeting with Keith Raniere, um, which happened in the middle of the night at this volleyball game because he would, you know, keep people up all night playing volleyball. And like, it's really intimate. And it's really, you hear all kinds of conversations between as these, these people are, are considering like starting to have doubts about the program and thinking they, you know, maybe I need to get out. You hear the conversations that like Mark will have with, with Vanguard, you know, expressing his doubts and you hear how, you know, the guy kind of tries to talk him off the ledge. You hear, you know, it's just really like uh, immersive in that way. So while there is definitely sort of, you know, uh, you know, people talking to the camera today, recalling their experiences, there's also just a lot of uh, direct footage of, of stuff that happened and conversations and things like that. And it really, really brings it home in a way, you know, that, in a way that more, you know, that a documentary usually can't. Usually they're relying on like snippets of archival footage and maybe some old photos, but this has just countless hours of content uh, from the actual, inside the actual group itself. So this is a nine part series? Yeah. And you, did you get to see, you've seen all nine or did they show you the first few episodes? What did you get? I saw the first seven. Okay. Oh, and by the way, the other thing is, um, of course, um, that uh, Catherine Oxenberg, who, you know, was really instrumental in bringing, uh, you know, the group down because her daughter, India, got roped into it and became a member of this sort of subsect of, of Nexium called DOS, which was like this it was a sex, it was basically a sex creepy, cult, right? creepy sex cult thing that you learn all about. And you really like she all of her efforts to get publicity about this group and to get the authorities to pay attention. Like that's all on film too. Cause Mark Vicente is working with her and they're filming everything. And so you really, it's like you're watching this mother and all of her desperate efforts to save her daughter from this group. And it's really, I mean, it all feels very immediate and urgent. Wow. So it's going to air the next nine Sundays, I take it, on HBO? Yeah, unless they're, I mean, it starts Sunday at, at 10. I'm not, I believe they're only airing one episode a week, but, um, you know, definitely check to see they may be 
Um, you know, they may double up some nights, but yeah. And it'll of course all be on HBO max and whatever else after the fact, if you want to binge it. Yeah. Because you know, I got into it because I heard about Allison Mack and she was part of the, the, the sex cult, like recruiting women. And I, and I was just like, God, that she seems so bizarre that she's involved in this. I just, yeah. And you, I mean, look, it's a self-help group and like many cults, it, you know, has a lot of things that are appealing about it, especially if you're somebody who, you know, is looking for a purpose in your life, you're looking to improve yourself. And there's a lot to it that, you know, is appealing, but the more, the deeper you get involved as whether it's with, you know, this or Scientology or, you know, any, any number of things, um, you know, it starts demanding more and more of your time, more and more of your money. And there's more and more sort of control, uh, that's put over you. And, um, you know, while Alison Mack does end up, you know, she became, uh, you know, somebody who ended up having to plead guilty to several charges. Um, you know, you can see how somebody might get initially pulled in, uh, uh, and why they might find it appealing. And the last one that I wanted to talk about, even though I haven't seen it yet, but my friends have seen it and said, it's hilarious. Ted Lasso got accepted for a season, a second season. Have, did, you, yes. did you, did you like the first season? Yes, I loved it. I loved it. I watched all 10 episodes. Um, you know, this is one that they're doing uh, weekly, but I loved it. Um, it's really funny. It's essentially, it's based on a character Jason Sudeikis created for NBC Sports about um, this kind of buffoony American coach who moves to England to uh, to coach a, a British football team. And he knows nothing about, you know, soccer, as, as we would call it, but UK football. But for the show, they've actually made him, uh, you know, He's still very upbeat. He's very funny and folksy, but he's, he's more of a, you know, thoughtful person. And it's about like how he decides he's going to, you know, turn this team, um, AFC Richmond, which is a UK premier league team threatened with relegation, which I didn't even know what that was, but, um, you know, how he's going to turn the team around by making them, you know, better men, both on and off the field. And, um, it's really, really funny. It's very sweet. Juno Temple, who's a British actress. She was in, um, uh, in the first season of Dirty John. She's in it as one of the wives and girlfriends, you know, one of the wags and she's hilarious. Um, it's just really, really smart and funny and, and optimistic, you know, like he's a really upbeat guy without being a Pollyanna. And that's, you know, in these times, Steve, we can all use, a character who who looks on the bright side of life. So I'm assuming Ted Lasso was all filmed pre-COVID, right? Or yeah, was- I think so. I was. I mean, it's all shot in. It appears to be shot in the UK, and it's you know, it's definitely. I think it's something that's been in the works for quite a while. And you know, Apple has uh, a lot of money and a lot of you know content that they probably you know sort of hoarded before they launched, and so they could have stuff to roll out throughout the year. And you know, obviously, we saw a lot of. Um, we saw a lot of, you know, promotion and hype around, uh, you know, like the morning show, but they've got a lot of stuff in there, in their, uh, on the, you know, in their, what do you call it? Like just in the vault ready to, and this was one of them. And then actually one final one. And this is one that uh, you and I have talked about enough times. When is Cobra Kai season three coming out? Cause this they one, this one is definitely, us. this one is definitely in the, they, 
they filmed, they they wrapped before COVID ended. So how has this not been released during COVID? I understand that they got to do post production stuff, but I mean, we're in August now. Like, how was this? Uh, not released? You know what? It's not released because Netflix now is looking at their vault of original unreleased material and trying to figure out how they're going to ride out the next, you know, however many months. And they're like, look, we've got the, you know, now that they own it, um, they, you know, you can soon, uh, I believe, uh, later this month, seasons one and two will be available on, on, uh, Netflix, but they're going to hang on. They're, they're not going to just burn off you know, this, this, you know, gem that they've got that everybody's waiting for. And it's going to be a a huge hit once people see it, um, especially on Netflix, because, you know, it's going from a platform that nobody knew existed, YouTube premium to a platform that pretty much everyone has. So I think, you know, it's going to be seasons one and two are going to premiere August 28th um, on Netflix. So if you've never seen it, you can watch all of that and people go nuts for it and pretend like they're discovering it for the first time, just like they did with you, which yeah. moved from night, uh, lifetime to Netflix. And then I think they will dump or drop, sorry, they will drop season three. I don't know, by the end of the year, sometime by the end of the year, but they're going to make us wait, yeah. you know, like, because they know they can't just, they have to start rationing, you know, they're eventually going to run out of content too. They've got plenty but they're not going to just start burning things off left and right. They're going to be very strategic. And I think they're going to look at what the landscape is and what, you know, other networks have and other streamers have, and they're going to, you know, use their big guns strategically. Well, I can't wait. I know you can't wait for that one as well. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so glad they got it in before COVID hit and we have a season three. Elizabeth Shue better be in it. I don't know. Mm. I don't see how she isn't considering the way. I mean, if she's not, I will be so sad. Yeah. Considering the way season two ended, there's no way she can't be in it. But, you know, we'll see. Um, But, Kristen, thanks again for coming on for your yearly visit. Uh, (laughs) Maybe we won't wait a year next time. Well, maybe we'll get you right around uh, the beginning of Matt James season because we'll have uh, Claire slash Tasha's season. We'll have aired. We'll have finished. We'll have we'll plenty James to talk about. Yeah, we'll have plenty to, to talk about. So, uh, again, thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. You got it. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Kristen for coming on. I love talking to her. Not just necessarily Bachelorette stuff and Bachelor stuff. Uh, I'm just such a TV fan. I'm a fan of shows and ratings and how shows are made and stuff like that. So it's always Good to uh, get the scoop from her as she, being a TV critic, gets a lot of screeners of shows that haven't come on the air yet. And uh, I'm definitely into this um, this show starting this weekend on HBO, this nine-part documentary on Nexium, which should be just absolutely crazy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the vow. Uh, I, I can't wait. I already set my DVR tonight. Looking forward to it. But, um, yeah, having watched Smallville and having watched Allison Mack play Clark Kent's best female friend in high school, Chloe Sullivan, I was, when that first broke in the news, I was like, this can't be true. Like, you know, granted, I'm judging a book by its cover that she just seemed like this little sweet little innocent girl. And then she's all of a sudden involved in a sex cult and recruiting women to be brainwashed by this Keith Rainier guy. And I'm just flabbergasted i i can't wait to watch this i want to see how this all played out um but yeah uh she's obviously uh someone also that likes cobra kai which i do as well and 
just wanted to get her thoughts on a lot of other shows. Always fun to have her on. Definitely probably have her on in, again in January. So we can wrap up Claire's season slash Tasha's season. And then as we, you know, get to the maybe the first few weeks of Matt James season, assuming everything goes off as planned, which they filmed Claire's season. Seems seemingly, fingers crossed, that they finish Claire's season in the next seven to ten days. Claire slash Tasha. I'm calling it Claire's season. It's gonna be hard for me to always say Claire slash Tasha. So Assuming that f- finishes in the next seven to ten days and there were no issues, they clearly know what they need to do for Matt James' season, which is set to film end of September, beginning of October. And um, I'm working on the location for that. It's not going to be in California. It's not going to be at the mansion. And I've, I've heard a location. I just don't know if this is a location that's one of many that's being scouted or it's the one they've honed in on. So I will I will let you know once I get that confirmation anyway thank you all for tuning in please rate subscribe and review in apple podcasts if you saw my tweet and my instagram story earlier this week last week's colton interview was the number one rated podcast my show was and the episode was in all of the tv and film category um it's been a while since i had a number one ranking i honestly don't check it very often i knew the colton one was going to do well because of who it was but the downloads on that episode were through the roof, and thanks to you guys. And so um, I think normally from the times that I have checked, which is maybe once a month I'll go in and I'll see, like, oh, how did that episode do and stack up in the TV and film category? I'm usually in the top 20, maybe top 25. Some have made the top 10. I remember when I first started out, almost all of them made the top 10 because I took screenshots of all of them. But then I just stopped looking because <laughs> the way they do it is kind of – funky they don't really explain anything they don't have the download number next to the episode or anything like that i know my downloads but the way apple's rankings work are uh leave a lot to be desired and if you google apple rankings and apple podcast rankings you'll see that there have been a lot of complaints about it so i pretty much gave up looking um but the colton one number one uh for four or five days so that was great thank you all for that i hope you all enjoyed Kristen. For her, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. See ya!